everyone, welcome again to Contact Lost, the Polish competitive Warhammer 40k podcast about the Polish and international scene. Uh, today, we continue with the series of episodes summing up the WTC, the World Team Championships. If you haven't seen the first episode where I spoke to the representation of the, the, the reigning champions of the world, Australia, by all means, uh, go and check that first because it's a very nice introduction to the whole uh, sort of a series. Today we continue um, with the second episode and I think my guest will be very interesting for you uh, for many reasons. Again, if you've seen the previous episode and you've heard Liam, uh, who won the single Warmaster event uh, with his Necrons list, Liam mentioned my today's guest and uh, he spoke of him only in superlatives. He mentioned that he has heard that this is our young Polish prodigy, a great talent, the wunderkid of, of the Polish national team. So without further ado, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Polish Necron player to the WTC, Gita. Welcome, dude. Well, welcome. Hello, everyone. Hi, thanks for, for agreeing to join us. I, I think we were in for a for a great ride and for a very interesting episode. Um, so, yeah, listen, uh, you starred or you appeared on the Polish podcast in your preparation to uh, to the WTC. You spoke about your army. You spoke about your concept of the army. So I, I think uh, let's start with with this. Let's start with your preparation for the tournament and how you actually got on the national team. How did that go? Um, how, you know, how the hell did Gitta, a, a new player on the Polish scene or a fairly new player on the Polish scene, get included in the national team? Okay, so my story is actually pretty simple. Uh, when the COVID hit and uh, I got a lot of more time because I was uh, studying and I didn't need to attend any, like, lessons in real life i could do it mm -hmm. from home i got much more time and at the same time i couldn't like go and play with my friends in the, my favorite polish bar kosteczka in poznan uh, if someone mm -hmm. comes to poland and wants to get like really nice place to play warhammer in poznan kosteczka great place and i couldn't go there because COVID. And I wanted, still wanted to like play 40k. I really like the playing aspect of it. Like I'm mediocre at modeling, but I really, really liked the feel of the game and like a challenge to play mm -hmm. someone else and like outsmart him and just have a nice time doing that. And I was. Jo I joined, like I, I downloaded, I buy DTS, downloaded it, and I was just like trying to find someone to play against. And there was some people on Polish Discord that do done that. And uh, then the first uh, TTS league started, and I was mm -hmm. like wondering, should I join it or should I not? And because I was wondering for so long, I actually was late to update my list and to, stuff. To, to and sign I, up. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. But but I was still let like I still I still could play, but I get just penalties for being late. And without penalties, I actually won that TTS league 
Mm-hmm. Wow, and your first league. And yeah. Already, yeah, 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 yeah. But Necrons back then were really, really strong. That was the start of the ninth edition, and they were pretty like top tier army in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And yeah, after that, I was well, I play a lot of TS because I had a lot of free time, and I really liked to do it. And after some time, uh, Typhus started to giving me opponents. So you know, like I have, like he asked me, okay, so I have this guy Duda, you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe you can play him. And I was like, okay, I played him, and I gonna, I need to say it, I, I love Duda, but the first game we played, I won twenty zero, mm-hmm. and I was just some random. Uh, then yeah, I so guess. So- get, Tiffus might have must have seen some potential in you if he paired you against. Yeah, you yeah, and then yeah. then he like said, okay, play against Vladi. I lost against Vladi my first game, but the second game I think I won or I, like draw. So I was wow. getting getting the big names down. Mm-hmm. And at some point when the international like sparring matches start up, I was really excited to participate in them. And I think I got a decent scores. Um, I play only Necrons during all that time. Like for those two and a half years, I was playing almost exclusive Necrons. Like for a little, very short time, I was playing Admech. For a very short time, I was play, playing uh, Renegade Knights. Then for a very short time, I was playing uh, Imperial Knights. But mm-hmm. all of the games with those armies combined were uh, like less than I played with Necrons. Yeah, like a like fraction in, of your of your. Yeah, like in 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 a week, like in a week, I play more. I play like I have a week, a hundred percent, that I at which I played more games with Necrons than I played with any other faction in the game. Wow. Okay. Like so, you're dedicated total. to your single faction. And, yes. And yes. 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 And uh, at some point, I was very worried because Necrons were dropping down, and was they were worse and worse, worse and worse. And I was thinking they're not gonna make a cut to top eight, and I will not get selected because mm-hmm. basically only army I played was Necrons, and all of other armies were just like very 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 short periods of time i've played them and i was yeah. not as consistent with them as with necrons yeah inexperienced but, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh even though necrons were not selected for our top eight i still make a place in our t- top eight i was selected to be a team poland member and go to mm-hmm. WTC and represent Poland, even though I was not going to play Necrons. Like, that was the idea. Like, we really wanted the Necrons as a team. I think, like, Tiff was really tried to, like, find a place for Necrons in the team, but there was none. And I was playing some Imperial Knights, and then the Nephilim happened, and then the point drops happened, and Necrons, in my opinion, draw like, skyrocket up from, like, I don't know, ninth, ninth, tenth army for the team to like top mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And I was so happy. And like, if you see some messages uh, on the Discord, I mean, that day I was like staying up way too long before my job and stuff. Like, I was staying way too late and like 
mm-hmm. just being happy that I can play my army. It's like only ar- this only army that I collected, only army that I played, and it's only army like I very dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. And I, if I go to the WTC and even get like very very high place, but I didn't play Necrons, I would like feel not complete. Yeah, I can I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. So. So that was your your way to to the national team. Yes, and that's, yes. That's how yes. it happened. So now uh, you got to the national team. Uh, I know that you know initially you got assigned Renegade Knights to play, but then as, as you just said, uh, Necrons became a thing. So you got your beloved army back. Um, what did your final weeks before the WPC look like? Uh, was it an intensive time, or when you heard that you're playing Necrons? And you had so much experience, you know, in your pocket, so to say. Uh, you could you could sit and relax and you know not 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 focus on this very much because you knew your army through and through. What what were the last weeks? No, it was not like this. Um, the Necrons that I played before had a really different role in the team. Like Necrons from before was basically a Cog block army, like you just throw <laughs> it, you just throw it at something that's dangerous, and you get like nine. Or like if you're mm-hmm. really good and somewhat lucky, you get like eleven. And it was amazing. And I, but building army to do that is very different to be building an army that can make a high wins. That's a hitter, yeah. Yeah, and I think Necrons built a lot, uh, like a defender is a little bit waste like the poten- potential of this army is a little bit wasted so like before when i was playing uh this list that were defenders necrons i got a lot of raids for some time i got a lot of scarabs like i think you're starting to see what list uh I'm yeah. yeah yeah i so... remember because we played that in one of the tds leagues and i remember you know your army composition you were very meticulous placement on the table and so on and so on the time it took to you know to properly place everything because you were such yeah. a careful um you know meritorical player and so on so i can see how 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 that changed with nephilim coming out yeah and then i need uh, to build an army that's a hitter and i go through some iterations like the first idea was silent king three blobs of shooty destroyers and it was actually pretty good but during the games, I start to see that there's something missing, and that the part that was missing was some really, really nasty melee units to really take mm-hmm. advantage of Silent King being such a powerhouse buffing unit and such a powerhouse actually like everything. Like it's right. it's, it's way way too good for how it costs, how many it costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I built something different than I build usually. I still stick to having a lot of shooting because that was a trend that I have all the time I was playing Necrons. I really think that Necrons uh, benefit from having a lot of shooting a lot, mainly mm-hmm. because if you send some cheap, shitty units with OPSEC and objectives, and your opponent needs to like go out and start to kill them because otherwise he's not gonna score his primary or like secondaries and stuff. Uh, it's way easier to just shoot that stuff that come out and kill your shitty units. And 
I think that's the efficient way to play Necrons. And like, it's one of the two philosophies you can have. And I really like to have a lot of shooting my Necrons. And I think my list re reflected that. I don't think there was a second list on WTC that have as much shooting as my list had. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, so, 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 yeah. so that's, that's actually, let's, let's, let's stick to that topic for a moment because uh, when I listen to the Polish podcast of the Polish national team, uh, which I strongly recommend to anyone who, who knows Polish, basically, but it's a very informative podcast. And I, I'm sure that there, there are a lot of players in the world, like in the States, maybe that are of Polish or descent or something, and they might know Polish. I strongly recommend that you check out Team, team Poland 40K uh, Facebook page and, and, and YouTube channel, because there is a lot of good stuff over there. But still, um, I listened to that podcast, and in that episode, you said that you are pretty confident with your list, and your list is uh, very unique in comparison to other lists because, for example, you you didn't bring any Catans or you know the, the usual stuff that you see in the list. Can you delve a little bit deeper into that? Why haven't you opted for some other unit that you know other national teams have considered powerhouses? Okay, so. I played Necrons for a very long time, and I tried Catans so many times. And in my opinion, they are too expensive for what they do on the table. Like, it's mm -hmm. really hard to have a Sitan pay off himself in, like, almost any game. Like, you really need to roll some serious dices and, like, have a lot of luck with Sitan to have them pay off like their point value and at the same time they don't really play into tempo and like idea of necron list that i was mm -hmm. building because necron list is really good at stopping your opponents because of the obstacle dynasty and piggy move it's really good at stopping your opponent from scoring and it's really good at having like like it's not maybe this version but the previous version that used a lot of scar ups a lot of raids are really good at pushing like one side of the table, like winning, like giving your opponent a defeat in detail, like just closing them in their deployment zones. Mm -hmm. And Satans do, don't do that. Like they don't have OPSEC, they are not fast. Like they are actually one of the sl slowest units in the army because they move eight with fly, okay. But if they advance, they do nothing. Right. They they are monsters. They don't go through the walls when they charge. So they need to go around the walls. So they are really, really slow. And I don't like slow army. Like my Necrons lists are all about the speed. I mean they were before. Now they the list that I took on the WTC was a little bit slower, a little bit more um I don't know how to call it, but it was not as fast, but it was much more heavy hitting than my mm -hmm. usual list. But that's because the Nephilim happened and the uh, like Silent King become much more viable and you didn't really need as much points put in your scoring units because right. you're gonna have such a easy secondary that you're gonna do it anyway and you could put more points into just big smashy units that can take some hit and can hit your opponent back. And okay. you don't need as much speed for that. Okay, right. So, so that 
was slightly different to your normal style, but you know the the, the army right now, the state of the game right now, a la house that place style, so to say. Okay, so uh, so how did you spend your time in the in the last weeks before WTC when the when your opponent's lists were reviewed? I mean, again, was it like extensive practicing? Did you uh, you know, did you practice against every sort of ar army archetype that you could think of, or were you just focusing? You're going to be a hitter, so you need to—I don't know—you uh, need to be able to to fight with just the strongest armies. Did you play any mirror games, for example? Because as we will find out soon, uh, that probably was a helpful thing. So, what was the preparation like in when, when once you found out what your opponents are bringing? Okay, so first things first. Uh, we have, like, when we see the list as a team, we have some unclear matchups that we need to play to make it clear. Like, if Necrons can win against Renegade Knights, or will Renegade Knights smash Blood Angels and stuff? Like, we have just some unclear matchups that we need to test, and we done that first. After mm -hmm. that. I was trying to show my team how the different Necrons lists that they might face will behave. So I played quite a lot of games, not playing my Necron list, but playing someone else's Necron list. So we have so we can have the worst case scenario that your opponent is very, very how it's called. Like it's it's a good opponent, like if if you give Necrons to someone who never played Necrons and play a test game against him, he might not perform as well as someone who played Necrons and have experience playing right. them would. And I was playing in that role a lot, just showing my teammates how how to like what Necrons can do. And I played some, not that much, but I played some. Uh, test games that I was not sure like how my list would do against some other list. Mm -hmm. uh, just to just to clear it and to prepare myself for the games. And I always was playing from the worst case scenario. So if I wanted to go first, I would go second, like automatically. We deploy, I just told my opponent, okay, you go first. And okay. I play a lot of games that were very difficult because like everything was set against me and like whole, I think whole of our team was not playing the easy matchups and like we like almost no no one role to go first like we decide what's worth for our player mm -hmm. and and play from that and like try to see like how far can you go and still win um yeah so i played a lot of games like that and also i discussed a lot with some of the other peoples that like play army that could give me problems so for example when we like i can talk about this now i couldn't before the day uh, the wtc but now i can like yeah. uh, my list had some bad matchups I wouldn't say that any well-done Necron list would have a big loss because their secondaries are just too good and it play missions too well. But I have some pairings that if I get them, I might not get as good of a score as like, like on the others. 
So that was Imperial Knights, that was Renegade Knights, that pretty fast I find out that my pet, like my list, uh, without sit hands, with a lot of shooting, with some really nice toolkit to deal with knights, uh, could play actually the Renegade Knights. And before that, I was really skeptical about playing them. But after I played some test games, I was like, okay, it's not an easy matchup, but I can manage it. And uh, we also tried to play some of the more unusual lists to get like handle of it, like how they work. But we really, I think as a team, we skip Australia. <laughs> And mm. it's 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 not because we were thinking they are gonna be bad or they list her bad. Like the list were a little bit different, but I think like Pumba said, like man, those guys gonna get some points on this tournament, and he was right. Uh, he was very right. Yeah, he's very right. <laughs> and we we didn't play enough against Team Australia list because there was no time. Like we tried. To, like you have a choice you can can play five games and you can play five games against lists that most countries will have so for example mm -hmm. you spent one of those games everyone needed to play almost everyone i think and like most of people did needed to play against bloody rose sisters like yeah. every single country almost had them and i think every single one maybe yeah it, it might be right oh like one didn't have mm -hmm. And the lists were very similar. So if you play a game against that, for example, you take a list of Team England and play against their sisters. If you get USA sisters, they are so similar, like you're gonna have a very well-known pairing and you can make a really good estimation against that. And some of the more unusual lists we just skipped because there was no time to test all of it. And it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And you know, the team Australia had a lot of those really weird lists there. <laughs> yeah. So so it comes back to bite us in the ass. Uh, yeah, they pride they pride themselves on, on that. So again, and, Liam mentioned that in, in the last episode that they yeah, yeah. usually create lists that are do not stick to the, the usual archetype and they want to catch their opponents off guard by that. And I think they <laughs> it only shows that they succeeded. Yeah, yeah. And like big shout out for them to doing that. It's really, really, really like we were thinking that in this edition there and like because of how uh, easy it is to get an information on what works and what's not and what other like countries would probably bring like the meta builds pop up really quickly and if you look at the mathematics on some of those builds like it's just looks like the perfect list and mm -hmm. there's not much to change like we as a team had some lists that were a little bit different than the than the usual list like for example Duda's uh, renegade knights or I don't know who's have a weird list too. Like our Imperial Knights were a little bit different because we got some Moriaxes, we got Noble Combatants. Like we had some stuff that was not usual. But overall, I think our team composition was pretty like basic and 
we didn't have that many of a weird list. And I really appreciate and like, I don't know what's the word for it because I'm really excited to be here and I keep forgetting words in English. Don't but worry. I'm, yeah, I'm very happy that the Australian lists that were very different work out. Like it's a good thing for the whole ga game as a whole. Like you can take something that doesn't look optimal and make it work. And oh yeah, nice. so that's 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 a question that I wanted to ask. You know, at the end of the podcast, but we might as well just just ask it now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I read today. Uh, yep. I think there was a survey on the Polish Discord about um, you know what people think about the game and uh, why why do they participate in tournaments? Does the Polish ranking make sense to them? Blah blah blah. And there was this one answer that I that I found in that because the results were published on, on Facebook. And one of the answers, or well, actually many answers, were I quit playing this game because the meta is flat. So the, the, I played in eight. I played earlier in previous editions. It was more interesting. Now the meta is flat. It's not appealing to me. Has your view or our national team's view, because you had, you know, you, you spoke to the guys from the national team. Has that view changed for you guys after this tournament? That it's not flat and actually, you know, even an underdog or a list that doesn't seem to be the most meta list can win the tournament, or was it just an accident at work? <laughs> Uh, so we going WTC. We're thinking like the unusual list will not work, or at least not work as well as they did. And after the WTC, I think all of, or like I don't want to speak for the guys, but I think like most of the guys will agree that you can't build something that is a little bit different, and it's still gonna work. But mm -hmm. some cores, like some core of an army, will not change very much, and or like an idea. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, hmm. The meta have some like a hundred percent. There are some lists that are not yet discovered that can be really good, but it's harder than in previous editions to have something weird to work. Like that's mm -hmm. my idea on it. Okay, all right, understood. So, listen. I, I, first of all, um, we're going to go into the topic of games now. So we are going to go through, over your games. Mm -hmm. uh, some, some, you know, for a longer time. Some for a shorter time because some, some games went faster. Some lasted longer. Some are more memorable. Uh, to 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 our listeners, guys, uh, check out the comment section for this video or any video from this series to get um, a link to the list from the tournament, and you can find out a list of a particular player just by control Fing and, and looking for uh, the name of the player or the nickname or the army. Uh, so Gitto's list will also be there and some other lists. Um, so yeah, uh, Gitto, let's jump to, to the games that you've played and the matchups that you've played. The first game mm -hmm. that you went into, that was, uh, I think, uh, against Belgium, right? So yes. can you tell us something about that? Who did you get? paired against? Was that something that you wanted? And then how did the game go? Okay, so I get paired, paired against uh, Renegade Knights, and it was played by Tom Adriani, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. the tournament organizer. Who's that? Yeah, who's that? <laughs> and I didn't knew, 
like I didn't knew him. Okay. And like turn three or four, I just realized who I am playing. Like before that, I didn't knew the guy. Like so the guy didn't really... the guys didn't tell you. No, 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 no. <laughs> and 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 like he was really nice. We have really nice attitude on the table. We mm -hmm. have really like nice talks. It was a great game that I was winning, but I got I gone first, and I really wanted to go first against Renegade Knights because it helps a lot. Uh, he might have deployed a little bit more defensive than he should. And because of that, I didn't really need to take any risks. I just play my game, play my secondaries, and just outscore him, mm -hmm. playing very defensively. Like, I think turn four, like, I was just putting some, like, I was sending some units to take objectives from him. Like, I was shooting my destroyers on like specific targets to don't let him score too much of his primary to block some of his secondaries and i was playing very very slow and don't i was not pushing it because uh, i was asking danny and misha should i risk it and they said just no 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 it's okay like by the way big shout out to danny and misha they did amazing job as a coaches if they were mm -hmm. not there i think we will never get the we would so never get second place. Like if they mm -hmm. were not there, no way. And overall, going uh, to the WTC without coaches, and I think two coaches is actually not enough. If you want to have some media coverage, you need more. So yeah. I hope next year we're gonna get some more people doing that. Mm -hmm. And but going back to the game, uh, I played very defensively. I like get. I was all hoping to get a small win. I didn't really want it to push it. I could do it, but if the rolls rolls go really not my way, I could have got and got a worse score. Mm -hmm. And like I remember like turn four or like turn three, I think it was turn four. I was deciding like, mm, okay, I got all of my secondary points. I got all of my primary. It will be really difficult to stop my opponent from scoring primary because um, he positioned his knights like he had like three, like big knight and two small knights on only objective that I could easily reach. Other other two objectives he was holding, I could only reach with some of my shooting mm -hmm. and shooting knights with destroyers like. Mathematically, it should work, work, but like five plus rerolling, then five plus or four plus invon, and after that you get D3 damage. Like you can kill two knights, you can do six wounds on one of them. Yeah, it could go either way. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not as stable as I would like that that, that to be. So I decided like fuck it, I don't need to overextend anymore. I just took my army. And just march backwards towards my deployment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, that game ended 14-6 for me. Yeah, correct. That did yeah, the job. And, <laughs> yeah, and it was like turn three, after the turn three, turn four, like I was like, I don't need to give more no prisoners to my opponent. I probably will not stop. Like I might 
take four victory points from him, but by doing so, I would risk a lot of more of my victory points doing yeah. that. So I was just like, oh, fuck it, I just go home. <laughs> and we were, we were having such a nice laugh about me just advancing my retreating. army. Yeah, retreating from the battlefield, like phase out, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, and, and so the, tell me, the, the only yes, thing sorry. that I pushed was Silent King because I wanted to explode inside of his army, and Silent King didn't change anything in scoring. Like he mm. could live, he could die. This doesn't matter. So I just rushed him just in case, and it yeah, was fun. It was, it was tactical still, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, so, it was. <laughs> so tell me, um, I understand that you know you you said even before we went into the games that Necron secondaries right now. Are some are basically secondaries that support themselves. Um, yes. So, did you play the same secondaries in every single game, or did you choose different ones? Uh, first game, I fucked up because I took bringing down, and I just I just I should have just took taken like the standard one, and I think bringing down replaces treasuries of Dillions, so mm -hmm. like Necron domination. And if I took Treasuries of the Eons, I would do better a little bit. Like I could mm -hmm. maybe get 15, maybe 16, but that was a mistake. And I realized that. And like, af like after the game, I was thinking, okay, there was no point in the game that like, if I kill a knight, I would probably score Treasuries of the Eons anyway. Mm -hmm. And even if I don't kill a knight, I can still use OPSEC. And like my like some of my units were big enough to just carpet the objective and have more models than one knight mm -hmm. is counting for. And like bring like picking bringing down was a bad idea. I should stick to the Necron secondaries because they're really good. I hope they're gonna get nerfed. <laughs> It's just too easy. It's, it's and it's no... coming from an it's coming from a Necron player, so it means a yes. Lot. <laughs> the, the the person that play only Necrons for like past six and a half years that I'm in this hobby, I was playing only Necrons, and I think Necrons now are too good, and I preferred to play them like like a underdog. Like I was so mm -hmm. happy to get my eleven nine. Like a really small yeah, one. hard yeah, fought eleven. Yeah, mm -hmm. hard fought eleven against like Drukari when they were really good and dominating. Like I was loving that, and now having the top meta army, I was I was having fun, but not that much as being underdog mm -hmm. and fighting for every point. Okay, so tell me this because uh, I, I I forgot to ask about that before we went into the games. Um, mm -hmm. You know, this is and to and if everyone who's listening, this was your first. WTC or ETC, well, it's yeah. called WTC, but it was the first one. When you were going into that, uh, did you have anything like, I don't know, stage fright or, or something like that? Were, were you mm. so scared? And then did, with the first win against a very seasoned player, Tom Adriani, so, you know, a very experienced player, did that help against that stage fright? Or were you already quite confident when you were entering the tournament? Okay, so that was my second real life event abroad mm -hmm. and I attended some like 
I don't know how many, but I attended some team events in Poland. I attended one singles in Poland, and that was Heresy, Three City Heresy. I love mm -hmm. you guys. I love <laughs> this event, and I'm so sad that I cannot go. But I think I need to get some uh, relationship points first because I oh, before yeah. I go before I go to another <laughs> tournament, I need to do that first. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I forgot. Ah, yeah, no. Was I? Yeah. So did you have was, stage fright? Yes, yes. Um, a little bit before the first game, mm -hmm. and after that, uh, it was a like running joke in our team during the WTC. Like after the first game, I was so hungry for more that I heard the doom music play all the time i was just i was yes i was just there and i was loving it i oh, didn't that's feel afraid i was i was loving it like i really like to compete i really like how the how the 40k feels when you're competing on the very high level mm -hmm. and i was enjoying it all the time yeah the the blood rush in your veins, yes, yeah, yes. I, I, and then the adrenaline, yeah, I can, I can, yeah, completely. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. Okay, so with that blood rush and with this, with the adrenaline pumping, uh, you, you, you went on to face uh, Denmark, I think, mm -hmm. and against Denmark, you got paired against a Thousand Suns. So, how did you feel before the game, and how did the game go? Okay, so Thousand Suns played correctly against mm -hmm. my list that is lacking some mobility and overall the uh, thousand sons army having pretty good defensive profiles and pretty good offensive profiles especially uh, how much mortal wounds they can deal uh it's not as easy matchup for necrons if your opponent plays it perfectly and perfect in this case is playing very defensively and just not letting you get close to him and use all of your damage at once. Potential, like, potential yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like just playing very defensively, took, like getting any points they ha can get and because of secondaries, they should lose or at like best case scenario, they should have a draw. But you can do it with thousands of lists. And the list I was facing could do could do that. Like the list have every single tool he needed to to get a small loss or a draw if he gets really lucky or I fucked up somewhere. Mm -hmm. And turn one and turn two, I think. I don't I don't remember if if the big flip happened on turn two or turn three. But basically uh for the I got first, I just go out score some points lose some of my crappy units but why not i can get uh let me not lie um 12 points turn one just by moving two units up the board mm -hmm. like two cheap units so well why not i don't done that and it also helps me screen some of his uh teleports and I was like, okay, I got some points. Now your turn. I, I was seeing that my opponent was looking for an angle to push 
But because my units were up front and he couldn't teleport, he opted to wait one more turn. And I figure out figure it out that if we're gonna play like this talmate game, because I didn't uh, I didn't have place because of the how the board was looking, I didn't have any place. I can push mid board with my melee units and give some pressure into him. Like I couldn't really make a safe push and say checkmate. Mm -hmm. Now 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 you need to do something. And you need to do something now, and you need to do something risky. I couldn't do it. Like if I push, he can just shoot from his maximal range, like put some spells into me, teleport back or double move back after he uses spells from his uh, psychers. And I would not have anything to counter it when he does it. So I figured it out if I want to get a better score uh, after like two yeah, I think it was turn three because I have two turns of scoring. So I have like really, really good base of score I already have. And I could risk it a little bit. So I push my Silent King inside of his ranges. Like he could, uh, if he done it correctly, he could, oh, sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if he done it correctly, he could uh, get uh, invuln, like invulnerable safe of my Silent King and shoot most of his list. Not all of it, but like a big chunk of his list at me. And but by doing so, he would expose himself into my two blobs of destroyers. He will expose himself into some other, like my mirror units. And I was like, okay, I already have some points, even if it goes badly, because like I make a gamble and he played perfectly and the dice gonna be on his side, no matter what, because of how good Necron secondaries are, I will not gonna lose it. Like I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not gonna lose it no matter what, but mm -hmm. I can go for a bigger score. So basically I was, I put the Silent King in the best place I could find to make him come out as close as it's possible towards me. I also place him in the uh, dense cover, so he has some difficulty killing him. And like I make a bait I and waited for him to give a, give a exp uh, like response. And if mm -hmm. he just plays safe and defensively and just ignore him, like Silent King's King move nine inches. It's gonna take him ages if he don't have anything to charge and like slingshot towards my opponent. And he said it's he don't like the pressure that Silent Kings do it doing. Mm -hmm. And I I could see why because you have a really big model in middle of the table, but the real pressure was not there. Like if he wanted to ignore him nothing bad would happen to him but okay. he took the bait but but he took the bait and he throw everything into the silent king he used like very smartly move one of his psychers closer he used the extend range on his spells and like overall use his list in such a way that he can stop my silent king like turn off his inven and then shoot mm -hmm. most of his lids at them at him 
and she did it good. Like she didn't make any big mistakes doing that, but the but him doing that was a mistake. Like he should just wait it and just play defensively more. Mm -hmm. And he overextended. Try to kill the king. I also like screen the king with some scarabs so he cannot use his mortal wound potential into him as much mm -hmm. as he could. And I just waited. He took the bait, and after that, I just took whole whole my army and just rush at him. I mm. could shoot with both units of my destroyers. Silent King was still alive, like wounded, but still alive. Uh, he get into range of my Scorpex destroyers, the small unit, and mm -hmm. into range of my Triarch Praetorians, which, by the way, I love this unit. I was very skeptical at first, but after I played some of it, it's great in the current meta. So basically, I shoot two blobs of destroyers and a Silent King on one of his uh, this, like uh, Terminator's unit, and that unit was already missing like one or two terminators because I shoot that unit before with Menhirs. And I just kill the whole unit, like to the wound. Like I mm -hmm. didn't have, mm -hmm. like the last dice damage I roll was the last guy that I killed. And that wow. unit melted, yeah. Mm -hmm. On the so other side, sounds... yeah? Yeah, go on, sorry, go on, go on, go on. And on the flank, I use my melee units to charge his other unit. It to, like this unit took huge losses, like there was only like three models left. So I kill his big hitters, and after that, I just keep pushing him, keep pushing him. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like uh, you know there was a lot of mind games in 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 that game. A lot of like it was a lot about proper positioning and so on, and you executed that flawlessly. And the score reflects that, I think, because it was what you said, nineteen to one. Yeah, 19-1. It would be less if uh, my opponent didn't opt to smite Silent King that was inside of his Psyker's line, and I automatically automatically explode the Silent King, and I rule really, mm. really, really well, and I kill like three of his Psykers. Oh my god, yeah, so... so With just explosion of Silent King. A cherry on top, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Okay, so uh, you mentioned the Praetorians. What, what, what is the role in your list? Okay, so... Ne my Necronlis, as I drop down the braids, do not really have a very fast unit that can push your opponent. Like I didn't have a melee threat that can like get through the wall and like cover some distance and then charge your opponent. Also, second thing is uh, my list with the two big destroyer blobs and like nine scorpex have really big footprint. And Praetorians mm -hmm. was really only units, except Scarabs and Tomb Blades, which are basically chaff units, that could fit the middle floor of the ruins. So if mm -hmm. I get a big ruin, I can use it as much as I could. Like I can put this big blob of Praetorians in the middle floor, I can put some, fray uh, some Tomb Blades or Scarabs on the top floor, so I could use uh, ruins better. I can also charge uh, flyers with Praetorians because like Vraids move like they have fly, but they don't have the keywords, so they can mm -hmm. charge flyers. Yeah. And and if you play, for example, uh, Tau list, if he if you have one big ruin, you put you you could put everything else except 
your chaff units, Silent King, one unit of destroyers and one unit of Praetorians into Deep Strike, mm -hmm. like strategic reserves and so on. And if he uses this, like I'm talking about Tau built like Skark did his, so two planes, hammerheads, uh, crises. So if the planes come to you and shoot your one unit of destroyers that is on the board, if you have rays of Scorpex near, near it, they can't do anything in the real, like they cannot deal damage to the planes. And yeah. Praetorians could. So if the planes come to me, I can either lose destroyers or like lose a lot of them, or I can lose Praetorians. But in both cases, I still have a unit on board, turn one. That, that can, can retaliate. Shoot. Yeah. yeah, that can retaliate. And mm -hmm. that was another really, really, really important stuff why I took Praetorians. Because and then I, it, I, mm -hmm. I didn't on. play a single game against uh, Tau, but if I played, I think it was very, very well. Like, this was a good toolkit to have. Yeah, yeah, definitely like a good deterrent, because even if the Tau player brings planes, he will think twice before he actually, you know, flies them into your deployment or something like that. Yeah, so, and I think yeah. no one else took Praetorians. And it could be even a surprise for some. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Could, like could a, a hidden gem in the codex. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so that was that the game, game two. Uh, moving on to game three, you played against the Inari, which is again another uncommon choice. I would, I would say. So, were you prepared for that? How did that game go? Um, okay. So this game, I went second. And like basically looking at his list, I knew it's gonna be. Uh, I don't want to say easy, but like on the list building level, his list was a very bad matchup. Had a very bad matchup into my list. And that was and, Switzerland, by the way, right? Because I didn't say that. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And uh, I don't recall his name, but he was such a nice player on the table. Like. Overall, like all the players I faced on the WTC, I didn't have a single bad player, like bad mama or something. But mm -hmm. he was he was especially trying. Like it was game three. I was a little bit tired and I could have made some mistakes. And while during deployment, deployment, I was like pre-measuring stuff and was telling him like, okay, I want to do this and this and this. And he said like, no, no, no. If you make some mistake, you just tell me. And we're gonna work it out, like no worries. It's just a like game. gentlemen. Yeah, oh, like 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 he's not here to get the first place. He's here with his friends and his team to have really good time. Like he's he was playing to win, but he was not in all cost. Yes, one one of the things, and also like I think they didn't really prepare as much and as hard. To try to get the top score, they mm -hmm. try to do best they could and have as much fun as they could, and that was, I think, the philosophy of that team from from what he said. And we have really nice game. Like first things, his list was had a really bad matchup into mine, and also I took the table, and I took the worst table his list could get. Like the idea was, I gonna get twenty oh. And rest of the team will do some scores, but we got easy 20, no matter what happens, because I have the list, I have a good pairing, I have a good board. 
just you know like before the game started it was already over i think like there was mm. if i don't make any silly mistakes there was i think no way he could get a win or even a close draw he maybe could get one or two points here and there but like it was not his game to win at all yeah and yeah there are a, just games like that and yeah yeah of course like uh it happens well I, I had some games like this with my necrons before they were really good that you some parents you just cannot win mm-hmm. if your opponent is like competent and know how what is doing yeah. and we had just a really nice game we had a lot of really nice talks about the hobby and stuff and it was a really nice last game for this very tiring uh like first day of playing because we got yeah. three games and it was really chill chill out game we have our nice talk it was it was just great awesome so yeah, so I, I heard that the first day was, was very demanding. Yeah. But then let's look at day two, because day two is when the things start getting serious. I think that you hit the first game. You were going into the second day knowing that you will be playing one of our uh biggest opponents ever, uh so Germany. And <laughs> I saw the when when the, the pairings uh were like posted on, on the Facebook page at the, with a picture of the entire team doing the, the pairings. There was a picture with Skark not wearing his shoes, and somebody commented, mm-hmm. Ooh, Skark is not wearing his shoes. Things are, you know, hit, shit hit the fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, that's basically it. <laughs> so how did it go against Germany, and what was your pairing? Uh, I was playing a Tyrannist player that has mm-hmm. very different Tyrannist list than everyone else in the tournament. He, was, have, he had a Mortal Wound spam, with a lot of zonotropes, like he had three units of zonotropes, three units of neurotropes, two harpies, some biovores, like basically all the mortal wounds spam you can get in this army. Mm-hmm. And also everything had uh, four up transhuman and had uh, inven for the most part. Yeah. And uh, I played that. That was one of the lists that were not standard that I played before. And I played before like Mihu, one of the guys that didn't make into like top eight and didn't go as a coach, but was helping us all the time when mm-hmm. we were preparing. And I play against him playing this list. I went second because, of course, uh, we play like the worst case scenario. And I won like 19-1. So wow. that that was one of the lists that I was very confident that I know how to play against. And no, no matter what ha- what happens, I'm gonna get a win. If I get first turn or if I get some lucky dice rolls, I can stomp it even more. Right. So was yeah, and I didn't. F- and when I was deploying, we, I, again, I don't remember the name because I don't remember name of people I work with even in the same room. <laughs> and I, I'm really bad at remembering names. But this guy I played, uh, I know he's on the podcast of Team Germany and he was a really nice guy. We had a very nice gentleman play game. 
And yeah, he, I think he was a little bit surprised when I get first turn and I just took whole of my army and just rush it at him. Like two, two blobs of destroyers, I turn one, I get to turn one, I teleport one of the blob of destroyers in range to shoot his harpy. The second one could get some shots on the harpy, like two of the little guys could shoot. And like all of my men here and all of my heavy destroyers could shoot at one of the harpies. Like, yeah. And he didn't get a five plus invun on his army because like after like we have spoke, he was hoping I'm gonna rush him with my destroyers mm -hmm. to try to kill the harpies. But he was not expecting that every single unit in my army except those twins that gonna shoot gonna advance mm. and just and just get as close as I can like yeah like the idea was I try to do as much damage with my two blobs of destroyers to the harpies even if I didn't kill both I wanted one of them at least bracketed and like I was really hoping to kill one of them and after that he would have one turn to retaliate. And next turn, all of my army is in the charge range, up close and personal, like close to his objectives. I just mm -hmm. start charging everything. And it it worked out. Like the plan was, I would say, decent. And the roles didn't uh, make any problems like executing it. Yeah, I'm like, looking at the list right now. Uh, I've, that's... Michael Kemeke, I think, uh, from yeah. what I see, and uh, and he didn't even have anything to fight back. Like if if you got into charging range, it seems like there was nothing that would put up a fight because yeah. most of the things were just casters or you know chaff units. So yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Like the idea was, if I get into melee range, into like hand to hand combat all across the board, uh, I think like there was not a single unit that could punch me back harder than if I was like 18 ninjas away and he was smiting me. And mm -hmm. I'm gonna hit him much, much, much harder if I get that close. Mm -hmm. And I also use all of my units to, like my cheap strap units to screen out as much mortal wounds as I could. I even use some plasma sites to catch uh, some of his smites. And that was basically it. Like turn two, I charge everything. Even my shooty destroyer started to make a charges and just to take him off the objective, deal some damage. Like I have a protocol to fall back and shoot all game. So no matter what, I can still shoot something. Yeah, and that was the story. Like the whole so, game, mm -hmm. he was scrambling for points. He make a really good job. Like it, it's. I think it's a success that after I get first turn, I got some decent rolls on my destroyers that I kill both harpies. He get three points. I think it's like it's the most he could get, and he done it. Yeah. So seventeen three was the final score. Uh, yes. So yeah, very very well played. I think you know you you managed to basically uh, crunch. Uh, his play style, what his list can do, and you counteracted, and it was a good choice. Fantastic. So that was a big thing. Uh, winning against Germany is always big. It's always, you know, something that we both enjoy in particular. Um, 
And from there on, we moved to, or you moved to France, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And you got paired, from what I see, where are you? Uh, you got paired against the Renegade Knights. Yes. Okay. Again, was that something that you wanted? Did you want to, I mean, did you feel you have the potential to, to destroy them? Or was it an unfavorable pairing? Okay, so... Imperial, like Imperial Knights and Renegade Knights are not as good as a pairing for Necrons as some yeah. other armies. But if I would want to choose one of those two, I would definitely pick Renegades because they are they don't have minus one damage in shooting. They got less. Uh, they don't have influence in melee, so I can deal with that. And again, I got lucky. Uh, I get first turn. And I was knowing if I get first turn on the table we we're playing, I can just close him off. Like even like if I don't get turn one, and he go first, I will have some problems. I would probably win it, but there is no chance for me to getting like very 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 big win. I I would just get a small win, and that would be okay, I think. But I go went first and just use one of my five-man Tomb Blade unit to close one of his flanks. I used three Scarabs because there was a really narrow place uh, he could go through to use close other like corridor he could use to mm -hmm. get his knights on the board. And I think he, it's hard to call it a mistake I think it was more of a gamble. He deployed two of his knights, small knights, very close to the like he was deploying them on the edge of the of his deployment. And we were playing mm -hmm. the quarters missions, on which if he done that, and if I'm standing on my deployment edge, I got like two inch charge that I cannot fail if I do it. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't don't I didn't do it because I wanted if I don't go first to hide my destroyers scorpion yeah. destroyers. So I had a little bit longer charge. I have like five inch or a six inch. I don't remember charge to make, but if I make it, my buffed up uh, unit of scorpion destroyers gonna charge uh, two of his knights, and that scorpion destroyer unit with his buffs, like with the buffs on, even if he use minus one damage, have a pretty good chance of killing both of them. I didn't manage to kill both. I killed one, second was on two wounds left, and when he retaliated, he didn't kill much. So mm -hmm. yeah, he basically got close in his deployment zone, and throughout the game, he tried really hard to get on the board, but I was just doing everything I can, like even at one point I was like, okay, I can score, like I could have scored 12 on primary, but it was uh, like, no, I prefer to stop him from getting mm -hmm. on the board, just stop him with the small units. Yeah, move block. Uh, mm -hmm. Move block him as much as I can, shoot at him and kill his shooting first because his melee units will not retaliate on my shooting destroyers. So I can just keep killing his knights and he cannot do much about it if I move block him. And every turn, push one of my melee units on some of his knights that are closest and the biggest threat mm -hmm. to me. And I just did that all game long. Um, yeah, I, a very I, high win. 
Yeah, and I, I had like one lucky point when one of his knights was on eight wounds, and that could have given him like uh, 18 2. And mm -hmm. I was like joking about uh, that I will get lucky on this roll. And the knight was on eight wounds. I hit my heavy destroyer. I wounded my heavy destroyed destroyer. He failed his save. He make a reroll. He failed his save. And I roll nine from hand oh. first roll. Oh. Yeah, and that cemented the score. Like, mm -hmm. and actually, if you look at the, if you would look at the scoring sheet, I won exactly. I got exactly as many points as I needed to get twenty zero. Yeah, like and yeah, that, if I that get, was the final yeah. score. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, basically. And big shout out to Miyashi. I don't remember. Like I kind of knew his uh, nickname. He was a really great guy. Like I have a moment when I, it was a weird situation, but I was charging his knight on one wound with my melee destroyers uh, on like 11 inch charge and i said okay, okay i roll my uh, i'm gonna roll the charge distance and i roll 11 but there i should have first taken dread test to see if mm -hmm. i if i will have my charge halved and i rolled and the first roll i make was 11 so if that's a charge roll i make it if that's a dread test I fail it because Necrons have leadership 10 and he like retracts by one. So I have leadership nine. Basically, if I roll 11, I'm not going to make the charge. Mm -hmm. And I declared that I'm making a charge move. And he said, like, and after I roll it, I realized what happened and like looked at him and she said, no worries. You declared what you are doing. The gentleman play how mm -hmm. we should resolve that. Now you roll the dread test. And I pass it. And I think that okay. shows like very, very high level or gentleman play from Yeah, him. but it also it also shows uh the importance of uh, uh communicating your intent during the game. Yeah. Like yeah. if if you if you take sorry, say or tell your opponent uh openly what you're doing and you know and, and he agrees and and you are both in the clear about it then even if something like that happens uh it's very easy to just take a step back and you know maybe uh do a role that you've missed or something else so yeah uh yeah to, to, you know it's, it's important to remember to just do that yeah and so that was mm -hmm. big shout out big shout out like excellent player he couldn't do much more like it was just me going first and have really good roles and he mm -hmm. was really a gentleman at the table and i remember the game very well yep so moyashi we salute um right so uh that was the end of day two uh very good scores very good day uh i think adrenaline pumping even more because at that stage i think you you all realize that you will be playing team america mm-hmm so uh, again, for uh, for you as a player new to the national team, as a player who uh, you know knew who Team America is because they are everywhere on the internet, uh, was that again something that you had an issue with, or did you feel very confident going into that matchup? Yeah, I don't really follow 
Art of War that much. Mm -hmm. I knew the guys, but I don't knew which one of them is which. And that maybe helped me to don't feel intimidated by them. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I feel uh, intimidated before the game. I think I was like, okay, another game, do music, we need to do it. And I think it was not an issue. Mm -hmm. And the opponent I played was really nice. Another great example of gentleman play. And after I after the first like one or two turns, when I we both see that it's not gonna be one of those unnice games. Like it's like we knew it's gonna be a nice game, and we both are trying to like shout out our intent. We don't try to uh, hide anything. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, hide anything. Like we are very clear about what we are doing, what we are planning. And after I saw that it's one of those games that is played on very high gentleman, gentleman play level, I was like the rest of my stress just blew away. And I was just confident doing what I could to get as high score as I could. Mm -hmm. yeah. OK, uh, so you were playing Brandon Grant, I think. Uh, mm -hmm. So this is a celebrity. Yeah, yeah, that is a celebrity in the States and a very well-known player, a very analytical player and a very meticulous players like yourself. Um, but I guess Necrons into Sisters of Battle is something favorable for you, isn't it? Yeah, it, it was. And also, if you had, if you get a bot pairing, one of the things you could do is gamble and play a little bit more risky. Mm -hmm. And as you said, he's very meticulous player. And overall, like his game plan was good. He played very safe. He didn't took any chances. But if you get a bad matchup that I think sisters into my Necrons especially are, you're going to lose it if you play like this. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he did play very safe. Like he didn't make any like big mistakes. Like. Of course, everyone makes mistakes. I make mistakes every game. But he didn't do anything wrong. It's just that my army have a upper hand in this matchup. That's like one of the things. And the second mm -hmm. thing is like the if I would have to make one like shout out what his mistake was in this game that he could have uh, give him a fighting chance in this matchup is he deployed very, very, very defensively. And I get first turn and it was okay. Because if I go first and he play deployed very defensively, he didn't, didn't lose anything important the first turn, me, like me going first. But if I don't go first, and he go first, and he deployed really defensively, it would actually be uh, bad for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. like, like if there was one mistake made, I think he deployed too defensively and like didn't really try to 
cut deep into my army and every like angle he could take i think i just like defended pretty well like mm -hmm. anticipated that uh, play like more than 24 inches from most of his army so he don't really like he cannot declare a charge even if if he have two sixes on his right hand. yeah and i just like position myself played played out slowly i get 15 5 I think it's a decent score. Like he did a really good job turn four and turn five to make sure he's gonna get these five points because it was not so clear. There was a way if he didn't commit enough and in a very specific way, he wouldn't get that five points, but he did. He managed to get that five points. And I think it's, it's a good score from this table, from this matchup and mm -hmm. like overall, like how Necrons are good at this point and how sisters don't have as good of a matchup into them. Yeah. So you said at the beginning that, you know, he, he might have risked more and it's probably easy to say, you know, now from, from the perspective of, of, of like being after the tournament and knowing, but uh, at that very moment in that point in time, uh, you know, that was his judgment call. And again, he's a very experienced player. So I understand that he probably didn't want to risk it in a game. Uh, with such high stakes, because we're talking about, you know, when if you win, you go towards closer towards the final. If you if you don't, well, then you don't. Um, and yeah, yeah, I agree. And, like and, it's and easy to judge to... after the mm -hmm. game. I agree a hundred percent. Like I don't hold it against him. Mm -hmm. I just said like if there was one thing that I would change in his game, that was be that would be that. Yeah, but it's, maybe but it's really mm -hmm. but. But it's actually really hard to do in um, team uh, setting. It's even harder yeah. to do in singles. Like in singles, you can risk it. It's okay. If in team uh, team tournament, it's you. You need to really be confident doing. Yeah, exactly. And the payoff, uh, if you risk, the payoff might seem you know very tempting, but sometimes it's yeah. just too difficult yeah. of a decision. Yeah, like like he. Like in this particular case, he make a good call because I went first and like he would get trashed if that happened and him deploy aggressively. But I think he didn't give himself a chance to like get a decent score because mm -hmm. of that. Okay. So again, a massive uh, victory for us, a very important victory. I think, you know, the, the spirits were extremely high just because it was Team America, so a team that is uh, a fierce opponent always at any tournament, at any game. Um, so uh, that was fantastic, and then then that uh, cemented your 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 position and opened up the way to the final. The final that you played against the guest of my previous episode. Again, guys, if you haven't seen it, I, I strongly encourage you to watch it because it's uh, it's really fun um, with Liam and and Denise. But uh, get up. Uh, your account of the game. You played a mirror game. So were you prepared for that? You said you were not prepared for that list because you probably didn't test uh, against Australians' list. But were you prepared to, to play a mirror game? And then tell us all how it went. Okay, so before the tournament, after the list were released, I have like one or two games of mirror. And I mm -hmm. have them against Sitans, so really completely different list. But as I said before, I play very similar list 
back in the day, like one year ago, I had like basically the core of the list was the same. I got 27 scarabs, uh, 15 braids, and back then I didn't use Silent King because Silent King, like not nothing in the army had core, so he didn't work. He didn't but, play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he didn't play. But I play very similar list, and I have a very good idea how this is gonna work. And going into this matchup, I was we were playing on quarters again, so very close. Uh, we have very like short uh, distance to our deployments. And if he deployed aggressively and get the first, like if he deployed aggressively, we're gonna have a uh, roll off, like straight up. Like who gonna go first? We're gonna smash this match. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. He deployed extremely defensively, and it caught me by surprise. Like going into this matchup, I knew if we're gonna play a stretch out game that we trade units, that we position ourselves, me having so much more shooting and me having uh, some units that are more of a glass cannon. But at the same time, I had a lot of small crap trash units that I can put on objectives, do missions. Like I don't need to overextend my expensive units to do stuff. And he have none of that. Like he had his cheap scarabs, blobs, but they are still like 135 points each. And I can do what they did, like in in like not everything, like like I cannot do everything like this big unit does, but I can do some things, like for example, jumping on an objective pushing Veil of Darkness or like move blocking a little bit something. Actually, in this game, they he had fly almost everywhere or similar uh, ability on crates. But mm -hmm. I can do stuff without exposing myself. And if we, if we get a drawn out game, my firepower will just crush him. And of course, that's a lot of wounds to chew through. That's a lot of very very fast units to like look for and like watch out for but if i can get my destroyer blobs into positions on like on this table basically just just because it's very important on this table if we stay in our deployment zone in like one quarter we are basically safe like there's nothing that bad can happen if you are staying inside like near your home home objective mm -hmm. And if you just come out either way to like adjacent uh, quarters, if you go there to catch an objective, you're going to be in the open and you can shoot at your opponent if he does that. Yeah. And I got a lot of more shooting. So I, I like uh, when I see the table, because I was not choosing myself a table, the, our uh, Captain, Pumba, Myson, like Tafus, Myson, like our pairing team were choosing the tables. So mm -hmm. we didn't look only about how the uh, defender will play on which table. They will look on a team as a whole and yeah. took, took tables. So we got as many good tables in the team. Not like one guy will have a good table because he chose a good table for himself, and then we have two matchups on a bad table. Yeah, so on this table, if I can push 
two of my destroyer units on a good position, like to the sides of the, like there are four quarters into the no man's land quarters and just build a defense around those destroyer units. To the course of the game, I will outrate my opponent. And in like last, like he, his list was basically a wave of canoptic units. And I needed to take this wave, survive it, maybe move back a little bit, and using my shooting and my more down, like higher damage dealing units, push him back and in the end of the game score above the draw. And if I do that and he played good, I should have a small win. Not a big one because it's Necron, match, Necron Mirror. If none of us make any mistakes, I probably could have, like, it's hard to say. We didn't play that game because one very, very uh, special thing happened. But, okay. but if we play that as intended, uh, intended is a bad word, like, <laughs> as, planned. As, as planned, I should get a small win. Not a big one, right. a small one. So it was looking good at the very beginning. Yeah, like I screened myself from Veil of Darkness. I at least I think I did, and I remember that because I still have nightmares about that game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big to shout this out, day. To yeah, big, yeah. <laughs> to this day, big shout out to Liam. He's an excellent player, and that game was a lot of fun. And I think like this game was worthy of the finals. Like even the dice, like there was not a single moment when something died, like there's 20 dice more to roll to save. Mm -hmm. Like oh so many times something died on the last ro dice roll. Yeah. And yeah, it was very tense, very close. I mean it wasn't very close in that sense of the score, but it was very tense and the rolls were very very close together and i don't do not think like one of us get a huge advantage because of the roles it was very tight game for mm -hmm. some reasons and yeah i basically uh, turn one i basically i get to turn one and i look like i wanted to go first but after uh, me going first and looking at the table what happened and how much i can shoot and what i can shoot so basically i can shoot some scarabs I was thinking like, well, if he deployed defensively like he did, I don't really want to go first mm -hmm. because I need to expose my units first and I can screen out his Veil of Darkness with just pregame moves for the most part if I play my Destroyer Blobs pretty defensively. So the plan was I put my two big Destroyer units in the position that if he get on any objective or he try pushing one of my like side objectives, but on my side of the board, I'm gonna shoot him. And do and like rest of the army was making sure he will not shoot my destroyers with his destroyers. That's one thing that I like was trying to make sure. And second thing was if his scarabs wave hits me. I will have every single attack I could get to kill it as quickly as I can because I played that list and I know like 27 scarabs look terrible for your opponent, like how you kill that. But when you put 
your army to work, it's it's doable. Like you can mm -hmm. do it if you prepare yeah. for that. And basically, I put those two big destroyer blobs in very good uh, positions, and it feels like after my turn one, I like make some charges with like my three, my, my small three man uh, scorpix destroyers because I went first and I wanted to slow down his carabs a little bit, so I uh, tagged one of his carabs units. I Looking back at it, I should tag two of his units, uh, but I didn't. But it was okay still, and I used my Chrono uh, Monster Arcana to slow another unit of his Scarabs, so he cannot as easily push as deep into my deployment as he would like to. And I think that worked out well, and I screen out as well as I could, and we have that one small WTC ruin in middle. And I see that I I actually ask him, and that uh, that were my words, mm -hmm. how many destroyers you can fit on this side of the ruin. And right. on this side of the ruin was range and line of sight to one of my destroyer units. And the answer was like I asked him like two or three. He said, Yeah, like two or three. Then I fucked up my pylon, so he could put one more there, but that uh -huh. was still okay. Like four destroyers shooting at my uh, seven-man destroyer unit is okay. Because if he does that, I can kill his destroyer unit, and then we have one and a half destroyer unit against no destroyer units, and I could, like... That would be an advantage for me if he just... it could have been it could have been huge, yeah. Yeah, it could have been huge. And uh, what I was seeing that that he can put like two or three after I fucked up my one of my pylons for destroyers, and I was like, okay, it's okay if he teleports. Like if you're playing on such a high level, and I think it was a high, very, 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 very high level game, one of the hardest I've played. Uh, you don't really want your opponent, like you don't want to stop your opponent from making mistakes. And if he teleported to shoot with only four of his destroyers, there was a really, really good chance that that would have ended extremely bad for him. And I didn't want to like stop it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was like sacrificing about... 170, 180 points of my list just to make sure my destroyers are safe and in good position for the turn two when I'm gonna just shoot everything that come out of his deployment zone and deal as much damage as I could. And then the turn one for Liam happens. And I didn't know that you can do it in WTC because none of the sparring partners I play, and no one, like I play a lot of TTS, I don't play a lot of in real life. And even in real life, when we play in Poland, no one uses the small ruin, because like we were thinking that is forbidden to shoot from outside of the ruin. Like if you are on the side when the windows are, you cannot for any reason shoot on the other side because of obscuring. 
and and you cannot do it if you are a vehicle and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But turns out, if you are bridgeable, you can put your bases into the windows and shoot through them. When this happened, I called the judge. One judge came, said, mm-hmm. yes, Leon can do it. Then the second judge came, yes, Leon can do it. And at this point, you don't really gonna argue with Question, judge. yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like, well, so the game go on and Liam shoot his destroyers into my destroyers. And it was terrible feeling there. Mm-hmm. Like I sacrificed about 200 of points just to make sure this 300 point destroyer unit gonna be safe. And, and then I look and it wasn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also like he deal 23 wounds out of 22. And if you know the Necrons, if one survives and one wound, like two or three gonna come back. Mm-hmm. And you are still in the game. And it was very hard to look, and I felt extremely bad at that moment when he should. Yeah, no wonder. It's like a it's seriously like a backbreaking moment during a game. Yeah. And at that level, so to, to, to add yes, insult to Yes, injury, like so. we playing for the first place. Yeah. I I I I have make a checkmate, and he just do a reverse, like mm-hmm. he reverse the situation with that. Yeah. So, uh, but you but you didn't break, right? You didn't break. You you actually managed to pull off quite a good score at the end. Yeah, like for a second, I was really really shocked that this happened. But after that, I was thinking, okay, I'm part of the team. I can still get some points from this game. And I think I rallied as much strength and like brain power I could. And after that, played one of the best games I played in my life. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the best one, but pretty close up there. And in the end, the game ended 14-6 to Liam. Mm-hmm. Like, congratulations. Like, he played really good. I don't have, like, anything to... Like, he used every single of his movement as I would do playing his list. And I did that because I was playing his list, but without Silent King, like, one year ago. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was, like, seeing the stuff he did was exactly the stuff I did. And it was perfect. Like he yeah, played yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. So for you, that game was, as we say in Poland, it was literally sculpting in shit. <laughs> yeah. You had, yeah. You were like in such a bad position, and then you had to crawl your way back to into the game, and you did. And that's yeah. that's that's great. Yeah. And like one thing, I just want to mention, or maybe two things. At the end of the game, the second unit of destroyers have a kill count of like. Four scarabs, ten raids, and his destroyer unit. Mm-hmm. Like MVP. The, yeah, MVP. <laughs> like I was trying my best to keep it safe and just shoot every turn. And I had the same plan on the second flank. But mm-hmm. as we knew, it doesn't work out. Yeah. And it could have been the, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it could have been wonderful. And at the end of the game, 
that we both run out of models almost completely. I had like mm -hmm. one unit of destroyers, uh, my cryptex, and like one unit of bikes. And Liam have a Silent King, his Canoptic Spider, and a barge that he rolled all the four up he could. And was really lucky because like whole almost whole unit of destroyers shoot his barge and he just like that like it doesn't doesn't matter in this game. Mm -hmm. But he still like cherry on top make all those power up saves. And I think we both laugh about that a little bit. Uh, and we also laugh about laugh about his silent king killing my silent king. <laughs> and that he's the better king, of course. Uh, yeah. It was a fun game, a very good game. Like, and from the start, I think we played as high-level gentleman play as we mm -hmm. could get. And like, it could be easy for me to say that if I was in his position, I would have told myself, like my my opponent, that I can do it. But it's so easy to judge if you are not there. And you Absolutely. are not playing like you're playing the finals, and if you fucked up, your team gonna lose, and you will like have this memory that you could have done it all the game, and it's easy to make a statement that I would do it if you not there. Yeah, if you're and, not there, absolutely. Yeah. And like one thing more, like from the start, I think we both were looking for a very good game. Like one of his first turns, Liam was using a dice that have a symbol on one. Mm -hmm. And I said, Liam, hide this dice because if the justice comes, you may get some penalties. Right. Okay, so he hide it, no worries. Like he didn't do it on purpose, of course. Mm -hmm. And like when I was doing some moves, and I fucked up a little bit. And after that, I was like, Liam, I know it's your turn, but I forgot to make a pile-in. Could I do mm -hmm. it? And he was like, no worries, mate. You can do it. And that game, like, except that one gray moment that I don't hold against Liam, because as I said, it's easy to say that I would have done it if you are not there, uh, was just the top level gentleman play, very high skill game and i'm happy i played it yeah so like i said in the when, when liam was summarizing this game in the previous episode and you said it already this episode that was a game worthy of a final and and again in a final of any tournament you would expect that if you have like two high skill teams or two high skill players that the score is not going to be very impressive, right? It's going to be like one to nil, two to nil, or two, two to one, something like that, because the, the skills between, the skill levels between players shouldn't be different. And I think you could tell that here. You could, listening to you, listening to, listening to Liam, I, what I make out of it, it was like a very even game, and it was just down to like one or two tiny mistakes that either side could have made. So um, again, I think, you know, for you, not being a seasoned, seasoned in, uh, international tournament player, you did stellar. Really, that was exceptional play. So kudos to you, Meister, because it's, 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 it's great mainly to you that we've taken that second spot, I think, with all the points that you have scored. So 
No, yeah. it was team effort. Like I get some easy pairings there, and like it was team effort. Like some of our players, like Vishnya, took the games for the team. Like he was thrown mm -hmm. under the bus, and he did his job getting his points. I get my job playing one of the strongest armies, and just doing what I could to get my scores as high as I can get. And I think like it's. If you look at the who in our team score what points, it doesn't tell anything. Like it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Like we played as a team. If we won, we would won as a team. If we lose, we lose as a team. I still have nightmares about that game because I I have that feeling. If I didn't fucked up, there was a chance I could have made the difference. But I think in every loss and especially in, like in loss there is a lesson and next year we're gonna get you australia and i hoping <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna meet on the finals and this top time table. yeah top table again because guys from australia really deserve deserve that place like i have nothing against them the if if not in poland at least australia got the first place and like I think me and Pumba and some of the other guys maybe in our team was like, if we don't get first place, the these guys put so much effort, so much time, and so much money actually, mm -hmm. and that, thought into their and religion. thought and thought like everything, whole package. That if we don't win it, at least like it's it's good that Australia done it, not someone mm -hmm. else. Like not to take from other teams. There was. A lot of teams that prepared as hard or like similar like they did or our our team did. But I think like if you we would choose a team that gonna win first place and that's cannot be Poland, I think I would choose Australia. Yeah, they, they definitely deserve to take the cake. Yeah. So yep. good for them. Right. Okay, so so that was it. That was uh, the tournament. Uh, what are your, you know, fi final thoughts after the event? Like, uh, uh, I mean, you, you spoke about, you know, gentleman play. I, I think that this sort of uh, breaks the stereotype, especially in Poland, that uh, competitive play has to be about tried cards and whack players, you know, uh, winning at all costs and so on. Uh, you, you just given an account of, 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 of something completely opposite. So uh, so that's great. But anything else? Any other thoughts about the event? Um, anything that maybe could encourage our listeners to try and go to the event as mercenaries or, or something? Um, is is that a good experience to go to that tournament? Why are some mercenaries? Like, if someone is better than me, he should take my place in Team Poland. Like, yeah, but I'm even talking about you know international teams. I'm, I'm saying yeah, okay. you know anyone, okay. anyone. Okay, so. It was great fun. It felt like uh, the best place to be if you are the 40k player on the planet for me. Hmm. Uh, I really like competitive play. And if you know me, I really like to games to be on very high gentleman play level. Maybe because I'm a little bit soft. Like I actually have a talk with one of the like captains select I don't know like the people that were choosing the Polish team 
mm-hmm. that sometimes I play against myself because I help my opponent so much. <laughs> and I think you need to have a nice balance of that. Like you don't help your opponent, but you give him the information so he mm-hmm. can make like uh, decisions. Yeah. yeah. And I think like it was that. It was like even if the in the Liam game against uh, his Necrons, I actually asked him the wrong question when I was referring to his destroyer unit. If how many can shoot me? Like I didn't ask how many can shoot me. I asked how many can fit on the side of the ruin. Mm-hmm. And I should have clarified that. Yeah. And other than this little gray point, I think all of the games were really nice. I have met excellent people, very nice people. Uh, big shout out to one of the guys that I met at, uh, okay. Uh, so the summary is here and now I just want to like give a shout out to some yeah, of the people. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. of course, feel free. The floor is yours. Yeah. So I want to make one shout out to a guy that I don't remember because I don't remember names. Uh-huh. Uh, but I met him on Alpine Cup, the other tournament I was going abroad. Mm-hmm. And I think after that tournament, he was very excited. Like we have a really nice talk and he was following uh, me getting on your contact lost podcast. And he was, I think, excited to meet him, to meet me there. And I was really excited to meet him there. And I want to just make a shout out to this guy. I, I will, next time when I'm here, I'm going to tell his name because I will I will find it somewhere. But was he on the national team? Yeah, or, he or was. He was. I one? think he was uh, Denmark or like, I don't remember. Switzerland? I don't, I don't remember. I think Switzerland. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, very cool guy. And I was going to make a one more shout out, but I don't remember. So sorry. Yeah, it, it happens when, when, yeah. when you know, the, all the thoughts yeah. flow through your mind. Yeah. I, I have the same, so don't worry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it was like in summary, it was great. I was thinking I'm not going to go next year because how much effort, time, and money, and like how much heart you need sacrifice. to give it, sacrifice, sacrifice. Yeah. yeah, sacrifice you need to make to go there and to perform uh, on a decent enough level that I'm not going to feel bad, bad about myself, not like being the best I could to represent Team Poland and Poland as a whole, like our community. But after that loss in the last game, I have a statement to make. And I need to go next year. And I'm actually happy that like we went second. I, I'm not happy about that, but like the, on the flip side, uh, it gives me a lot of motivation to go there again. And I think it's going to be great adventure once more. Yeah, if absolutely. I make it, if I make it, because like, as I said, if someone is better than me, then he should go. Like that's that's the idea. Like we want to have as good team as a Poland, and we always strive to get first place. And I think our whole community, like 
whole whole competitive community tries to get as strong team Poland as we can get. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you still have something to prove, so I understand why why you want to go next year. We'll yeah. see what happens because you know, for all I know, uh, it could be a completely different game in, in a year's time. I don't know if we yes, will of see course. new factions uh, in the game, uh, new addition to the game. God only knows. I don't know if GW even knows <laughs> what what's going to happen in a year's time. But fingers crossed that you know you you get to make the team and that you get to represent us again because it was. It was really exciting to watch you play. It was really exciting to watch our international team play. Um, and yeah, I think this this basically wraps it up. So unless there is anything else uh, that you want to uh, let us know about, I think I'll wrap the episode. So yeah. you know, it, it has been, yeah, go on, sorry. Nothing, nothing like we, okay. we it took more than we expected. Then I, we I planned mean, anyway. Yeah, then mm -hmm. we planned. Yeah, expected maybe not because I talk a lot, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, as as we planned. Yeah. But it's uh, all good content, so so that's fine. Yeah, I so, hope listen. so. I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. So listen, I uh, thanks again for for joining. Uh, thanks again for uh, sharing about all this with us. Uh, I wish you all the best. And uh, to our listeners, again, if you like what we do, uh, please make sure to leave a comment. Uh, subscribe or leave a like because it really helps us grow. Leave a leave a positive review if you can on on the podcasting media because again this helps us to reach new audiences and, and you know uh, really uh, like that. Uh, I we are going to continue with the series about the WC, uh, WTC um, um, soon, so I have some some uh, interesting guests lined up. So yeah, please follow. Please uh, check. Uh, the, the alerts about the episodes that are coming out. And I guess until next time. Thank you, Gita. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you.